Welcome to the Kevin and Fred Show. I am your host, Kevin Kaufman, and along with my business partner, Fred Weaver, we bring to you our podcast where we highlight some of the best and brightest in the real estate industry, along with a weekly segment called Industry Headlines. We are a proud member of the Industry Syndicate, family of real estate podcasts, and we are so glad that you are listening and tuning in today, and we hope you enjoy our show. All right, guys, we're back on the Kevin and Fred show. And today I am joined, rejoined actually, uh, by my friend, uh, Kenny Klaus here in the greater Phoenix area. Uh, Kenny, welcome back to the Kevin and Fred show. Thanks for being on our podcast again, buddy. Hey, buddy. I appreciate it, man. Uh, always appreciate what you guys are, uh, you know, doing to educate and inform in real time what's happening out there. And uh, you're looking good, buddy. So uh, it's been Thanks, a bit, dude. so good for you. Absolutely, man. So I appreciate that. So, you know, Kenny, one of the things when I reached out to you to say, hey, let's let's do this again. Um, you and I were just talking about this off camera, right? A lot has kind of developed in the last year and a half, right? And it's probably about a year and a half, maybe a little closer to a uh, year and three quarters ago, you were on the show. Uh, and I remember we talked, we obviously talked a lot about iBuyers and how they have impacted um, you know, what we do every day as real estate agents and how it, you know, a lot of it, how you uh, changed and adapted to your business model and some of the things that we were going to have to do to kind of like as a just industry of agents and professionals move forward to still be relevant in the future. And then the last year and a half happened and a lot has changed. Right. And I think for a while, a lot of people thought, okay, this iBuyer conversation has gone because they had effectively shut down for a little bit. And now we see them roaring back with, you know, I'm sure you're not surprised by it. I know I'm not surprised by it. Um, but I would love to hear maybe kind of how have things changed for you, if at all, in the last year and a half as things have kind of gotten weird and, and kind of forced the entire world to, to adjust? Like, how, how did you adjust your business last year? And how do you see, you know, those kind of changes, if, if any, affect it going forward? You know, I mean, it's, it's obviously, you know, what on, is on everybody's mind right now is like, what is the mess we're in now? I mean, we were so comfortable for so many years in real estate where, you know, if I was competing, it would say me versus you at a listing appointment and one of us was going to get it or whoever, you know, they, they picked. Then all of a sudden it went to like us versus robot in a sense is how I looked at it. Like it was this technology monster that we don't even know who we're competing against in a sense and what they offered. And I think that's one thing that, you know, we spent a lot of time trying to educate the industry on is we got to run at this stuff, not away from it. Um, and I look back to even when Zillow first launched, and people would, you know, talk about the Zestimate and Zillow, and it was like it was like the elephant in the room, and I just didn't want to talk about it. We just we ignored it. And then next thing you know, we started making the Zestimate part of our listing intake form, where you know we had to put the Zestimate in there. So when we went to the appointment, we had that data in front of us because you have to have the data, and it was kind of a game changer for us. Something so simple as that, because. Of course, you know, if the estimate was high, they wanted to talk about it. If it was low, it was never on the table to talk about. But, you know, you need to be engaged in all these different things that are going out there. So when you see, you know, a new ad, whether it's, you know, Open Door, OfferPad, Zillow, 72 Sold, uh, Homey, whatever it is, you know, you've got to jump on their sites as an agent and, and understand their product because your consumer is. And, you know, the days of, you know, us delivering all the data and all the information is dwindling. Um, not that we still aren't, but the point is consumer wants to go just like they wanted to look at houses before without calling us first because they wanted to narrow things down and search a little bit. Now they're investigating these programs. And by the way, you pull them up and you put in an address and you expect to get an offer or something right away. Well, how simple is that versus 
you know, having to call an agent and know that they're going to keep, you know, now I've committed kind of to, I'm going to be selling my house. So they like that hands-off approach. And so I think from my perspective, from an agent and, and loving our industry and trying to protect the real estate profession is we've got to get the elephant out of the room and, and talk about these programs and talk about what's in the market. Um, you know, the biggest shift I would say over the last year and a half went from, you know, having a listing was, was no problem. You'd sell it for top dollar, you know, you'd have a starting price and it would get bid wherever. It was the buyer side of the business where we struggled because your agents ran out of gas. They were getting beat out constantly. And then you have companies come into the world like, you know, like Knock and you know, like our, our buddy Tim Heil with Homeward and, you know, out of Texas and a couple of markets that he's expanding to. And, and all of a sudden you went, well, now here's this new tool, which is, you know, you have a, you're making a cash offer and then rebuying the home back. And I think that trend is going to be the, probably the hottest new toy as we head into this next year, um, as well as, you know, Knox product, which is our buy first, then sell program, which just reverse engineers the way that we do the transaction. You go find your new home first, you buy it, and then you sell your old one. Well, it sounds too good to be true. And that's kind of been the first battle. Um, but using these tools um, without having to own these tools, right? So it's like, how do you take these tools that these companies have offered and use them in your business from a marketing standpoint, but you don't have the risk or the liability of putting your cash out there or buying their home and not saying, by the way, that you can't do that and grow into that space. I think it's an interesting place, but in that case, then you, you know, you become kind of the fiduciary and now the buyer and that kind of can get challenging versus just using some of these tools that are out there. Um, it's yeah. a big shift. I mean, there's so much, that technology is bringing to the market that a lot of agents just don't want to believe it's going to last and, and aren't going to adapt to it. And if you're not, you're not best serving your client, in my opinion. You know, I, I think that's great. You know, the one thing that has continued to be true, in my opinion, is like the you just gave two great examples. You talked about this estimate when it first came out. You just talked about the Easy Knock program. And it's one thing I think most of us tend to go, uh, it's irrelevant, right? And when you, and especially like Z Zillow is the easy one to pick on, right? Because every agent in every country or in every part of this country deals with Zillow on some level. They deal with this estimate and the smart ones don't write it off. I think the smart ones embrace it. Like you, you talked about bringing, actually bringing that into your listing consultation. Um, the smart ones don't just go, yeah, that's a fad or that'll never work in my market. I think what we're going to have to do to con continue to, to number one, just be a part of the transaction to be relevant for our clients is we got to go find these things. What are out there? Because we got to understand those things are out there. Like you mentioned homeward, those products are out there because there's a, there's consumer behavior is demanding it. Yes. And so what we're able to do, like, like you said, most of us can't just go write those big checks and do it. So what we can do though, is we can utilize these companies that have these different ideas to go out and bring more options to those people in our sphere of influence and in our, you know, in our, our circle, if you will, of, of clients, past clients, present clients, et cetera, to bring them more options and, and to help them get the result they want, rather than just trying to just be the person that operated the same way they did 20 years ago. I think there's a lot of value in, instead of poo-pooing something, actually going out, embracing it to your point, learning about it, and then figuring out, hey, is this something I can actually utilize? I could, could I leverage this to help my clients? Well, one way I look at it is like, like a mortgage professional, if I went in and said, and you were my mortgage guy, and I said, hey, Kevin, I'd like to get a loan. And you said, great, I got a conventional 5% down program. 
And that was the end of the conversation. Like, that's my one tool for you, which is truthfully our one tool was put a sign in the yard, take pictures, sell the house, open house, the same, you know, me too business. Um, I look at it like we're now like the mortgage guys. Like we have to know FHA, VA, conventional, down payment assistance. Like we have to know all these programs and our time is more spent getting educated on understanding what's the right fit. You know, one of the analogies I use, I used to feel like I'd sit across the table from you, Kevin, you know, if we're at an appointment, now I feel like I sit on the same side of the table and I just lay out all your options and then help guide you to which one is best for you and your family. Because what I thought was best for everybody was the most money they could get for their home. And turns out that was a myth. I didn't know that at the time, but once open doors started to hit our market, I want, why are people taking those offers? Like your house is beautiful. Why would you sell it to them and then turn around and let them make the money for the hassle of selling it? And I went, wow, that was like, blew my mind. Like, what do you mean you would, you're beating me up over 1%, but yet you'll take a 12% fee or 14 back in the day, right? Even eight or 10 as they kind of came down in fee. And I went, wow, it's not what I think they want. It's what's important to them. Was it convenience? Was it certainty? You know, what was the, uh, the driver? And so every seller now, it's kind of like, you know, Amazon, right? It's not like you, you know, Amazon, you don't just go and get a product. You have reviews, you have multiple products. And what's important to you, Kevin, may be not important to me. It may be you need it delivered today and I'm looking for the better price or a quantity or a different color. Or, And I think that's what real estate is now changing to where everybody doesn't, it's not one size fits most. It's, it's here's multiple options. What's important to you? Oh, it's an investment property. Well, great. Here's a couple of strategies to sell that. Here's, oh, you're moving out of state. That's a different strategy. I'm moving locally. I'm only selling. Okay, here's the different options I have in our marketplace for you. And I'll help facilitate all of these. And by the way, the compensation models may vary between them, but I look at it like, who cares? The consumer is driving this. And if I want, to me, the most important thing is the relationship with the consumer, with the customer, because that's the person who's going to go refer and tell more people and ultimately decide the outcome is, was it more valuable to have an agent representing me and guiding me through all these options? Or do I want to go go this on my own? And I think when you explain that to people, you know, your conversation should be, you know, Kevin, you just called me and are, are thinking about selling your house. And I'm like, hey, great. You know, I know there's a lot of noise out there in the market right now. There's a lot of stuff. There's billboards, there's Facebook ads, there's, you know, all these, you're getting stuff in the mail. You've probably heard of some of these companies like Open Door, OfferPad, Zillow, 72 sold. You know, we've had to add that to our conversation now because you can't go anywhere in the valley and not C72 sold. And what is it? You know, and, and so if you don't know what it is, you can you look stupid in front of your consumer because they're like, well, is it not good for you then? Because you're not telling me about it. So then there's that trust issue, right? That, yep. And I just believe in transparency and understanding the products and then letting them decide. And, you know, money becomes a byproduct of doing the right thing for people and giving them the choices. And you become the go-to person from there on out versus another agent who, is only telling them about putting their house on the market and getting it painted and doing these things. By the way, still an option, just one of four or five options typically. And people like choice, it empowers them. Yeah, and I think too, when, 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 we, when we put the consumer you know, first, like that's the focus, the relationship, to your point, the money's gonna follow that, right? But when, so when we put them first, they, like, they know that. 
when, when we're trying, if you're on an appointment, like you're going on listing appointments and you're trying to say bad mouth Zillow or, you know, or the easy knock program or open door or whatever, you know, fill in the blank with these other products that are there. If you're, if your strategy is to bad mouth them rather than present to them and show them what their options really are, it's going to backfire. But when we take the time to explain things and they realize that, Hey, we really do have their best interest in, in our, in mind when we're presenting them, like, at the end of the day, people want to do business with people they like and trust. And so I, I think a lot of times too, you know, in my experience has been, we're, we're presenting multiple options and oftentimes they're going to side the option that actually will benefit me if they're really close they're, they're Because at the end of the day, most people, like I want to do business with local businesses too. You know, I want to hire local people. I want to do things like that. And I think most of us want to have a relationship with whoever we're doing business with on some level. And so I think there's another reason, like if you want to even just be selfish about it, be selfish by caring about the consumer more than yourself and by not having these preconceived notions around these programs or these companies being necessarily good or bad. And that, and that's it. I mean, because the consumer ultimately will decide if, if it's good for them or not. And then you just, you know, you have to know the ins and outs. I think the interesting thing, if we go back a year and a half, like you mentioned, I think our concern then was more so that these companies were trying to put us out of business and take over the real estate agent role. And I think the interesting thing, if you look, you know, knock um, completely changed their model, right? They, they did not work with agents period 100% at all. And now after the first year, they only work with agents. They will not work consumer direct because they saw the value in an agent still local sitting at the kitchen table. But you look at now, Open Door, Offer Pad, and Zillow. What are they all trying to do? They're all hiring agents now because they're realizing that technology is good for what it can do, but buying and selling a house is not a transactional experience for most, like taking an Uber or booking a hotel or a, you know, a, a, a plane flight where something can go wrong and it was a transaction and it's over with you know, usually quickly. A home is a big decision. There's a lot of different factors that go into it, you know, whether it's schools, you know, freeway access, close to the airport, all the things that an agent hyper-locally knows. And I think they underestimated the time spent with a client, the hours spent answering calls, literally sometimes seven days a week at all hours. Um, not that I recommend that, but we know it's part of the business. Um, I think that they've realized that we can't just have some random person answering the phone and answering a question that they know nothing about. And so it's interesting, the shift is we need real estate agents. Now, are they going to hire their own and do different, different models and pay? And yes, absolutely, because they're lead generating. But it's very interesting. I think the shift is, you know, we as an industry, I've been saying it for a couple of years, have to step up our game. We have to get better. We were very comfortable and making very good money for a long time. And that has changed. Um, you know, they're after the commissions, they're compressing them, um, which, you know, makes sense. It's happened in almost every other industry that technology's got into. Ours is different if we add enough value, if we put the client first and we get better at our craft, better and not 90 hours of education and get a real estate license. I'm talking like deep dive and really understand, you know, sales and the value that a sales career can be for somebody to help guide them through you know, a decision that is very important to them that you can help be there for them to make. There's a tremendous amount of value in what we can still deliver. I just think it's going to weed out a lot of people who aren't going to be willing to continue to adapt 
and understand the tools and the level of customer care that we have to go to now. We can't just expect the fish to jump in the boat. We got a lot of work to do. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's again, like I'll go back to if we're not, you know, if you, if you think that you're right and you're the best you're, and you have the, o- the only solution that people will want, that tells me you're, you know, you have no options and that eventually you're just going to continue to dwindle and be less and less relevant every day, every year. Whereas if you're going, Hey, let me put the, let me put the, again, the consumer at the forefront and what is out there for them and how do I make their experience better? You're going to continue to provide more and more options for them and be even more relevant in not only their transactions, but their lives and their conversations, which will then again, ultimately, you know, benefit you the way you, the way you're looking for it to in our business. So, yeah, I, I think that, um, I love when I see new companies come out, you know, whether, you know, obviously open door offer pad and Zillow, no longer new, new companies by any means, no longer, I guess in some markets, you know, it's still new or not, not quite there, but the reality is, is they're kind of cemented in like so far to the point where, as you mentioned, like they've all now made multiple iterations on their business model. And most of them are realized they're actually starting to look more and more like traditional brokerages in a lot of ways, because they've realized this can't be all just the computer. There, there's a relationship piece here that matters most of the time that they've got to be able to try to find a bridge the gap. And just like they also figured out there's a technology piece or there's an options or way to reduce friction piece. We, as the professionals in the business, need to figure out how to use those in our, in our businesses and, you know, and learn the same lessons right along them. Well, you know, bundling services is the hot thing right now too, right? Wherever every one of these companies has mortgage title, you know, insurance, um, you know, Open Door just announced they just bought two more companies that are startups that are, you know, home improvement companies and those kind of things. Why? Because they want to be able to take the consumer through the entire experience of buy, sell, own, uh, maintain, um, you know, refinance, whatever the process is that they stay in their ecosystem and, you know, our goal is to keep them in our ecosystem and use those tools, but still guide them through what's the best option for them. And, you know, they're all failing at it too right now. And they're figuring out it's harder than they thought to have a mortgage company and a title company else, but they're figuring it out and they're failing fast and they're spending a lot of money doing it. But, you know, we've got to be aware that that is, that's a direction they're going is to give the consumer one spot to go to get all their stuff, which is kind of what Zillow's model was originally. Start with search, get them using us, and then we can start adapting, bringing other things in to start keeping that client. And so I think that we'll continue to see that happen. Um, but at the end of the day, if you're calling your people, you're you know doing videos to your people, letting them know that you're on top of the game, that, hey, there's these new programs, you're on top of it. You know, our whole mission right now, our whole like, you know, kind of our, our call right now is just, you know, call me first, call me first. Hey, you have questions about something? Call me first. I'll help give you all your options. Um, you know, we want to be the first call, not the fourth or fifth call now where they've gotten these offers. And, you know, now all our consumers' data is in their systems, their emails, their phone numbers. And by the way, they're always good because they want the offer on their house. Whereas if we can submit on their behalf, all their data stays in our database and not theirs. And so 
you know, like I said, it's, it's work for agents, right? It's that ugly four letter yeah. word. Again. We got to go work our asses off and get the message out. You got to run for mayor in your own town right now and, and let people know what you're doing because, you know, people are looking for less friction. Like you mentioned, you know, like you don't go to, you know, a fast food place anymore and order a burger, a fry and a drink and whatever you order number one or three or six, because you want convenient, you want it easy. I just want the number three and it comes with all of that. And that's kind of what they're bundling is these services. And I think we're going to see that continue. And I think, you know, if we fast forward a year and a half, we're going to have some new spins on all of this, like stuff we never thought would happen that it's coming. And some of these companies will probably merge. Some of them may go away and there'll be new ones. And at the end of the day, I still think there's massive opportunity for the agent to take you know huge market share because I think a lot of agents are gonna are, are gonna fall backwards on this stuff because they just they're not willing to to grow and learn everything they need and the consumer's gonna you know you're gonna leave an appointment consumer's gonna sit down on the couch and there guess what there's an offer pad commercial well man they make it look so easy why didn't Kenny just tell me about that program oh it yeah. must not benefit him I'm gonna call them which by the way we've had happen that's how we've you know, we failed forward through this program. So, I mean, I, we've done it. Um, and it's been interesting too, now bringing 72 sold into the conversation, at least here in the Phoenix market where they have their, you know, of course, for whatever reason, Kevin, we get all the luck out here. Everybody starts here in our back. Everybody, right? Everybody. And so, you know, all of a sudden you're driving down the street, like what the hell is this 72 sold thing? But the reality of it is we have to ask clients and a lot of them are like, oh yeah, I already went on their website and checked it out or I did this. And you're like, oh, great. Well, let me really tell you, you know, a little bit more about that program and, and you know, how it works. And they're like, oh, okay, so you got it. Yep. And, and here's, you know, here's our options. And, you know, let me help guide you through, through this. So, you know, I think it's not running from it. Like I said earlier, it's running at it and really understanding it. And then just upping our game, you know, what is the little extra degree that we can be doing to create a better experience where we keep people out of circulation, where they see those ads, but they don't click on them. They call us first and then yeah. we help give them all their options. I like to think of it as like, uh, I want to train them all to be like my daughters. Like if a commercial comes on and, and like you met, you've mentioned a few times, I was 72 sold, like their instant reaction is, yeah, but that's not as good as what my dad can do for you. Right. <laughs> exactly. And so I want everybody in my database, all my past clients, all my future clients, my sphere of influence to effectively think the same thing is like, maybe that is the thing for me, but you're to your point, just call me first. Right. Let me, let me be the person who who walks you through, I look at it, you know, my, my lens on it is we've got to really actually become more like consultant, like more, almost think of like an attorney where there's a certain number of things I can advise you on versus me trying to sell you this one thing. Right. So yeah, I got to sell you my service, but the minute you buy my, our mutual friend, we both have Matt Fedick. One of the things that he says is, you know, in our industry, it's really weird. We're, we're a salesperson until until we have a client and then we have to become purely consultative. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that is such a big part of it in that a lot of us miss. And if we continue to miss it, it's going to be the part that's going to be the thing that ultimately bites us, you know, in the butt long run, but uh, I digress. So Kenny, here, here we are, you and I are recording this. It's we're not quite in the fourth quarter of 2021, but we're close. So uh, this is always the time of year where I'm really thinking about the following year. I'm thinking about my schedule. I'm thinking about goals and, and things like that. Uh, what are you excited about in 2022? Like, is there anything that just has you really like amped up or, um, or just really you find taking up a lot of your mind share when it comes to, to 2022 and your business? 
Um, it's funny when you first said that I went to personal, not business. Cause I went, we can do both. Our, Let's do both. Yeah. We're, we're hoping our new house will be done by then. Cause we started in 2019 and then COVID hit. And so it's been a, it's been just a, a, a crazy experience, but um, for my wife's sake too, I'm like, come on, we got to get this thing done. We've been talking about it for too long. It'll be a huge thing off my back, but, um, but no, I think, you know, business-wise that we had our sales meeting this morning, actually, it's, you know, talking about, you know, from the buyer agent uh, perspective is, man, this is going to be a massive opportunity. Now there's been a lot of people on the sidelines. We're seeing listing inventory go up. We're seeing the multiple offer thing go way down, you know, certain properties. Yes, still, but in general, and, you know, we got to get everybody's heads back in the game that there's going to be opportunities for your FHA and VA buyers again. And we'll get back to, you know, hopefully more of a, a balanced market, because anytime a market's going one direction, it's hurting somebody. And yeah. eventually it comes due. Right. We can't keep that pace. And so, you know, and really one of our jobs right now is, you know, one of the number one Google searches right now is, you know, are we in a housing bubble? And so we just did a video to our database talking about, are we in a housing bubble and all the differences between the two markets that people are most familiar with, especially those who owned a home back in, you know, 08, 9, 10, 11, um, and those experiences and how this is different. So that educational piece, but as far as the exciting thing, I think the buyer side of the business, um, you know, will pick up significantly as we head into this year conversion. I think consumer will have a better experience. And if you look at rents right now, holy cow, I mean, my rentals, like, it's embarrassing how much I can raise rents on some of these sometimes, but that's the market. You're going, guys, like, let me show you the value to home ownership. So I think, you know, doing some workshops on home ownership and things, um, getting people back re-energized that you can buy a home now, even though you're, there is still competition with hedge funds and, you know, iBuyers and 72, all this stuff there's going to be more transactions again. I think that's, um, you know, exciting in general for the real estate community. Cause when you take it from, you know, X amount of closings a month and you cut that into a quarter or a half, there's a lot of people who are out there running around, but not making any money. And so, so it's an exciting outlook, you know, I mean, you don't know, I mean, the world's crazy, right? We got stuff going on in the middle East. We've got, you know, you know, COVID again, we got all this stuff. And yet, you know, I just focus on what I can control. And I wish that message I could get out to more people, like focus on what you can control. You can get caught up on social media. You can get up caught up on one side or the other, or the political stuff. At the end of the day, does it do anything for you, your business, or your family? And if the answer is yes, then keep doing it. But for most people, I think the answer is no. It just puts me in a worse mood. I get more argumentative and I lose a couple of friends along the way. <laughs> or I focus on what I can control. And like we talked about earlier, you know, your health, your dieting, your physical side, your spiritual, your mental, your business side, your budget, um, you know, what's your savings plan? What does your future look like for your exit strategy? There's so many things that we can focus on. So I always say, you know, spend more time, you know, looking in the mirror instead of out the window, because a lot of the stuff that has to happen has to start right there in the mirror. It starts with you and being willing to make these adjustments and sacrifice instead of masking your problems you know, through somebody else online and reposting or commenting. I'm not saying there isn't some value to some things that are out there, but a lot of time is spent there and a lot less sometimes working on, on your own, your own house. Yeah. You know, I would agree. It's kind of like a, a buddy of mine, John Cheplak has always said to me, like everything you need to grow your business is already inside of it. Like mm -hmm. we don't, you know, we don't have to. And I think the same is true for, it doesn't have to be business. Like, you know, it could be our health. It could be our 
um, it could be our relationships, our, our mental state, et cetera. We, we have like all the tools, all of the things, they're all available. We already have them. We don't, we, we don't need to wait for something to be invented. We don't have to buy the new thing. We need to, I think we've got to focus a lot more on what we already know we need to do and focus in on, on the things that we already know are important. Right. And, and so I, to me, when I hear you say that those things like that, that's what kind of came to mind for me uh, right away is, yeah, just, just focus. I'll tell you, you mentioned social media, man. It was about this time last year. I was going on vacation with my family. We were going to drive to, did a road trip, drove to Utah and, uh, and stuff. And I was like, you know, uh, it was pre-election. It was already, you know, mid COVID. I was like, I, I just can't, I Twitter and Facebook got to go off my phone for this, for, for the, for this, um, vacation for this trip. And I was like, after that week I got home, I was like, man, it was so not like, they're just not back on my phone. It's been almost a year. And I got to tell you, it's, it's so, it's so, and I'm like, I love, I actually really appreciate social media. I see like there's bad to it, but there's also a lot of good to it. Mm -hmm. And I got to tell you as someone who really loves social media, I've really loved a lot more not having as easily being able to access it. It's been, it's been amazing. Well, think about if they shut Facebook off or Twitter or Instagram for 30 days and measured production in the U.S., I bet it would go through the roof um, or even over 90 days just to change a habit and go, why do I have to go there for dopamine? Why do I have to go there for, you know, to, to complain about someone else's life or, you know, to make me feel better type thing? It is an interesting concept. And, and, you know, it's one of those, I've thought about it a lot of times because I just shut it off and then you justify, well, business and staying out there in front of people. And, you know, so you try to post, you know, some stuff here and there um, and be real, but it, it's, it's definitely, um, it could be a time suck. That's for sure. With, there's with no, no doubt. No value to it. So, you know, I, I think, and obviously there's, there's business value to it. That's why, that's why it's so big and explosive the way it is. Um, but like my, you know, our both you, you're, you know, Curtis Johnson very well, good friend and, and partner of mine. And like, he always says, like, you can be a producer or a consumer of it. Take, take your choice. One of them, one of them will help your business. One of them will not help you. And right. so when you, when you spend too much time in that consumer mode of all that's on there, you know, the, it could be, it could be a bad place. Um, but it can also, it can be good for business, but it's all about, again, what are you focusing on back to something you said very early in this conversation focusing on the things that I can do that go out and make an impact every single day. That's, that's where I've got to keep my, my time and attention. Well, um, so before we wind up, I won't keep you too much longer. Uh, you talked about kind of what you're excited about for the future. Anything else that we should touch on today that maybe we, have, we haven't talked about yet or anything, any pro exciting projects you're working on? One thing I like about talking to you, Kenny, uh, and for those of you who don't yet know Kenny, I'll do a proper introduction. Uh, you know, you've probably already heard that now listening to the conversation at this point. But one of the things I love about you, man, is that you are always looking at how do I provide more value? How do I add things to my offerings, if you will? How do I bring more value to the people in my world? Um, whether it's a service or just something that's nice to build community. Like, is, is there anything like that or message that you that you overall like to share with agents or anything else that you could like that you can share with us? You know, I think it's just always, you know, for us, it's that, that 212 experience, right? That 212 degrees, that extra degree. It's like, are we 212 in this? Are we going that extra degree? And so, um, you know, we just did in our book club, we did uh, the experience, the Disney story. And then one of our agents took and broke that into, um, I think it's the 13 or 16 principles. And every Monday she does a video on one and we go deep with really that client experience, because really that is what separates us from technology is the experience that we can create 
that makes it memorable so that, you know, kind of like Disneyland, right? They want to come back and go tell their friends. And so it's little things. I mean, like even in front of our office, we, we, we bought a red carpet and we roll it out every morning. And then we have a little sign with their name on it when they pull up. It's like, hey, look for the, you know, look for your sign out front and they pull up. And it's so funny, people will take pictures next to it and things. And, but, you know, people's name, right? They want to see their name. And so just little things that, you know, making sure you have ice chests with water in it during, you know, when you're out showing right now, like just little things that you're constantly, um, like Wayne Gretzky, you know, said, skate to where the puck's going, not where it is. Um, and so trying to stay that one step ahead to think, think like what could make their experience better. And I think there's just so many little things that, you know, we're working on doing here um, to, to facilitate that and make the client, you know, feel a little more value, whether it's a quick little video to them, you know, very authentic versus just sending emails with listings and things, um, you know, popping by their house and doing a little Popeye gift. And if they're not home shooting a video, like, hey, stop by your house today. I was thinking of you, blah, 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 like whatever you can do. And you don't need to do that to a ton of people, right? If you can take care of 25 people at that level, you know, could, could, you know, half of those refer one person to you. Well, an extra 12 transactions a year, for a lot of people would change their business, change their life. And so it's, it's not quantity, it's quality. And I think we have to go deeper with some relationships. We tried a very shotgun approach for a while with, you know, you think back of, you know, Boomtown and pay-per-click leads. And it was like, I'm giving you 150 leads a month. What's the problem? You know, and then you realize that doesn't mean crap. Give me 30 that I can focus on and go deeper with. And I get the same results. And so but it's so funny how we, we put quantity over quality because it's that idea if I make 100 offers, I'm going to get one house type thing. Well, you can only keep that pace for so long. And yes. so, you know, but when you feel good and you feel like a professional, you don't feel like a, an order taker and you feel value, you know, putting your uniform on, you know, you know, you know dress your wage type concept and go out and, and think of ways, you know like closing gifts, like just trying to think, well, how can we make this personal? Or you see something, you know, going back to social media that they posted, you know, I had a client who just bought a Jeep. And so, you know, an A plus client, I got him a book on, you know, out, outdoor um, off-roading type thing and, and delivered it to his house. And so it's like, you know, you, you listen and you make it personal or technology, that's where they fail, right? They, it's a very broad net that they cast and expect people to fit into that. Whereas, we have the opportunity to do the little things that will retain that client because you know, it's much harder to go get a new client, earn that trust when there's so much out there pulling at them, you know, to get their business versus taking care of somebody you already know, which I know is very foundational. We talk about database year over year over year, and then we don't do nearly the level of what we could. Um, but, you know, I break it down to, hey, you know, why don't you just call two people today out of your database? Just start with, start with one and see what that experience is like, because it'll probably motivate you. And so it's, it's, you know, it's like Michael Jordan said, you know, you know, the fundamentals never change, just the attention to them does. And you said it earlier, we already have all the tools in our business. You can get handwritten notes. You can shoot a quick video from your phone. You know, you've got, you know, you've got a computer, you've got so many, you've got a phone, you've got, the tools are there. It's just the action has to follow. And a lot of people, the action is where they, they fail. They, they hope that the call comes into them, you know, as, as we've heard before, and I know it's kind of cliche, but you know, it is a context sport, right? We have to get out and contact yeah. people. And, you know, it's like, like life's a game and we can't stand on the sidelines. We've got to get in it. Same thing in business. 
Yeah, man. I couldn't agree more. I think I would sum up all of what you just said is just be more human, be more, be more uh, authentic and, and connection, you know, connection with our people. So dude, I think we should leave it on that. Kenny Klaus, thanks again so much for, for being here. Let me, one last question I'll ask you, anybody who wants to kind of catch up with you or follow what you do, obviously you're clearly not a, a huge social media uh, active participant, but is social the place or is there a certain place that people would, would best connect with you at if they wanted to kind of just follow along with your story and see what you're up to? Uh, Kevinandfred.com would be the place. Um, so, <laughs> Love it. you know, I, uh, you know, obviously social, I'm on, you know, we have our team page as well as my personal page on Facebook. Um, I'm not really an Instagram or Twitter person. Um, I do have a, a VA that posts on those sites for me regularly, just like positive quotes and some fun stuff. Cause you know, I have a, a Facebook page called positive hub. Um, and I share, try to share a positive quote every day, just cause it forces me to have to look for the good in the world and then post that. And so little things like that, I, I'd love to see people get more involved in, you know, we know what to do guys. At the end of the day, we know what to do, but change your, you know, your surroundings a little bit, change your environment, change your positive outlook on things and know that, you know, if it's, if it's meant to be, it's up to me. I just have to go take the action and, and, and go from there. But, you know, so yeah, I would say socials, you know, fine. If somebody has some specific or has something, and I'm, I always try to give back to the industry. It's been so good to me. And so I don't, you know, ever want to be that guy, but at the same time, you know, sometimes there's a, we got work to do still. And that, uh, well, you know, because I'll challenge someone because they'll ask a question, but they haven't even thought about it themselves. And it's like, that doesn't work for me. Like you have to put a little effort in and say, here's what I've done. I'm stuck on this. You know, can you help push me through this? And, and absolutely at that point, but I've got to see some effort behind just a mindless question, just to, just to feel better about something. So. Yeah, I'm with you. All right, man. That was great. Kenny, thanks a lot for being here with us today. I really appreciate it, dude. Absolutely, brother. Thanks again. Thanks for all you're doing. Thank you. All right, guys. We'll talk to you again next week. Have a good one. Today's episode is brought to you by Kevin and Fred's community at eXp Realty. Learn why over 1,000 real estate agents joined eXp Realty last week. Join us for an informational webinar this Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific time. Register at intro to exprealty.com.